Welcome to the new WellMed Radio, a service of WellMed Medical Management. Over the next half hour, WellMed Radio will educate you about the health and wellness of adults everywhere. Co-hosts Dr. Marissa Charles and veteran broadcaster and attorney Ron Aaron will share information to improve your health and well-being. Here are Ron Aaron and Dr. Marissa Charles. Well, thank you so much for joining us today on WellMed Radio. I'm Ron Aaron, along with our co-host, Dr. Maurice Charles. Dr. Charles is a doctor of osteopathy. You find her at the WellMed Clinic in San Antonio, Texas at Ingram Park Mall. She is a specialist there dealing with all of the family practice matters uh, that primary care physicians often face. And we're going to take up a topic, Dr. Charles, that especially for, for patients who may have diabetes and others, wound and wound care is pretty critical to their life. You know, we have so many patients that have needed wound care, so many patients who have had limbs saved because of appropriate wound care. So absolutely, this is a great topic for us to hit today. Well, let's introduce our very special guest who is on the WellMed Radio hotline from Corpus Christi down in the southern part of Texas, right on the Gulf. And she is Allison Larkin. She's at the WellMed Specialist for Health Shoreline Clinic in Corpus earned her medical degree from Texas A&M College of Medicine in Bryan, Texas, completed her residency at the University of Texas Medical Branch Conroe Clinic in Conroe, Texas. Dr. Larkin is board certified in family medicine and undersea in hyperbaric medicine. She's also a certified wound specialist. So if you're going to talk about wound care, she is the one to have on. Dr. Larkin, thanks for joining us. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah, I love to talk about wound care. I was excited when you guys gave me the invitation. What was your interest and what led you into wound care? Well, so as a primary care provider, I saw lots of wounds, right? And um, the large majority of wounds, the patients are going to take care of themselves, right? They don't ever come into the clinic and and we hear about them later when patients are following up for something else. They'll tell us they had this horrible wound and this is what they did for it. But there was a certain percentage of the population that they got bad wounds that did not go on to heal in an ideal manner. And I uh, particularly uh, am interested in sort of limb salvage, like what can we do to try to intervene early on a wound so that it doesn't get so bad that it gets infected or ends up causing a patient to have to go into the hospital or God forbid, ends up having to be amputated. And so I mean, truly the, that uh, was my, that was the reason I got involved. One of the saddest statistics is San Antonio leads the nation in the number of leg amputations directly related to wounds and diabetes. Yes, sir. That's true. And it's, it's a shame because I think that there are some easy things that we can do to help prevent a lot of those amputations. So what would be the definition of a wound to begin with the 411? Okay. Well, a wound is any break in the skin that is not supposed to be there. Oh, that's a great definition. Pretty good. Yeah. We, we're going to uh, make and, it easy, right? <laughs> that's yeah, right. No, that's I like that very yeah. much. That, uh, that's a simple, understandable definition. Uh, and most wounds, don't they just heal by themselves? So most wounds are going to heal within about a week, two weeks at the outside uh, with just some very simple wound care that we'll be able to discuss a little bit more in a few minutes. Well, why don't we start? When you say simple wound care, uh, I'm assuming you mean use some kind of uh, antibiotic, cover it if it needs to be covered, uh, and uh, keep it clean. 
right so let's pretend yeah so let's pretend we've got a wound right we, we we're doing something in the yard and all of a sudden we cut ourselves right most wounds are going to be superficial right they're going to be kind of like a, a road rash or they're just going to be pink and we're going to be oozing a little bit and we call those abrasions okay and then sometimes we'll we'll cut ourselves a little bit deeper right we'll sort of lacerate ourselves or we'll cause a deeper problem with our wound and, and we call those lacerations or cuts right so the, the first thing we got to do is we got to figure out if this is something that we can take care of ourselves or if we need to be getting ourselves into the emergency room or into our family doctor's office and so what i tell people is the first thing we're going to do if we're bleeding is we're going to stop the bleeding and so in order to do that what you're going to want to do is just grab the cleanest thing you have available okay if you have a clean cloth available or a paper towel and you're going to just hold pressure on this cut okay or abrasion um, usually for about five or ten minutes to allow the bleeding to stop okay if you're holding pressure on your on your ulcer or your wound or your cut and you're bleeding through that pressure that pressure that you're applying directly on it then that usually means you have a problem and that you're going to want to seek care fairly immediately okay and so we see that i think a lot more commonly and patients who are on blood thinners <clears throat> is I think where we'll see that. Or if you've cut yourself with something sharp like a knife or if you're using a saw or something like that. But the good news is, is the large majority of wounds are going to stop bleeding if you hold pressure for five to 10 minutes, just kind of like a nosebleed, right? Mm -hmm. Now the caveat is, is you can't hold pressure for 30 seconds and sort of remove it and look and and then hold pressure again because sort of every time you release the pressure sometimes that can that can cause the bleeding to restart what is it that makes the blood clot so we we have platelets are the number one thing in our body along with some other uh, other proteins that help our our blood to clot and they migrate to the wound as part of that defect and they immediately begin to congeal together and form form a little a little a little globule of sort of clot um, and it can happen it happens very quickly which is when you're on a blood thing. thinner what happens so when you're on a blood thinner some depending on the type of blood thinner you're on it is going to block some of those proteins and those factors that migrate to the clot to hold it together or some of them uh will also uh they work at the level of the platelet that is the the main cell in your blood that that contributes to the clot and it can slow the the formation of the plot with those platelets now hold so that thought for those who, i'm going to come right back types. to you yeah for those who just joined us i want you to know you're listening to wellman radio i'm ron aaron delighted to have you with us dr marisa charles our co-host is with us and from corpus christi texas we're talking with dr allison larkin she's at the wellman specialist for health shoreline clinic there and we're delighted to have her on talking about a subject that is near and dear to her heart wound care so let's say and take the worst case scenario doctor uh, that wound doesn't stop bleeding what do you do so then i think you need to seek care you would need to go to an urgent care or an emergency room or your family your family doctor's office okay but you would hold pressure the whole time that's what you would do firm pressure usually can stop the bleeding and then how do you know if you need stitches? I, I, I've got three little kids and every once in a while, kids being kids, they get cut. And I look at my wife and she looks at me 
hey, I wonder if this needs stitches. Oh, I'm so glad you asked. So so once you're, you know that you're not going to bleed all over the place, right, that you've slowed that bleeding down, then you need to clean your wound and sort of explore your wound, right? Now, we know if it's just a superficial road rash, we don't need stitches. But if it is a wound that won't stop bleeding or continues to bleed briskly, or if it's a wound that's deep, that it that it goes down several layers and you can see fat tissue underneath, or sometimes you can see tendons or even bone, those absolutely need to be taken care of. Um, so if it goes through all the layers of the skin and you're seeing something besides skin, it needs stitches, or if it won't stop bleeding, okay? Also, if, if it's a very jagged wound, some wounds are, are larger and they don't have smooth edges that come together and they also will frequently need to be stitched. I guess I would say another thing is, is it's very important to get your wound clean, right? You don't want debris and gravel or dirt left in your wound. And so what you're going to do is you're going to just very copiously, but use a lot of warm water and just allow that to rinse right through your wound until it's, there's no debris or anything that you can see in your wound and that you're just, it's just running clear, a little bit of pink bloody fluid. Now, do if you do you, that, do you do that before or after you stop the bleeding? So usually you're going to stop the, if there's a lot of bleeding, you're going to stop the bleeding first. Okay. Because you want to make sure you can get that bleeding stopped because all bets are off if you can't get the bleeding to stop, right? Then, then, then you're going someplace else and they're going to take care of it. So I'll usually say you're going to hold pressure for a few minutes and then you're going to clean it. And sometimes when you clean it, the bleeding is going to restart. Okay. And that's okay. That's okay. It, it's all right. Cause it's usually not Frank blood pouring out of your wound. It's usually just like a little pink fluid pulling in it. And then after you've cleansed it, if you are bleeding again, you can hold pressure again for about five minutes. Okay. And then just slap a bandaid on and you're fine. And so for most wounds, if you've cleaned them well, yeah, all you want to do is put a little nonstick dressing in place and you want to keep that wound covered at all times. I recommend a nonstick dressing just because then you don't have to worry about sort of pulling the scab away and causing bleeding yet again when you check, take, take the dressing off. Um, but most of the dressings that you can buy over the counter are going to be okay. I will tell you that in our older population, some of us have very fragile skin, right? And sometimes if we put a sticky Band-Aid on, sometimes it can be a little hard to get off. If that's the case, you're going to wet your bandage and let it sit and then just gently, gently pull it off. But I will recommend if you know you have fragile skin, you can go ahead and get a gauze or a telfa and then you can hold that in place with a, like a little elastic bandage, an ACE bandage, or with some, some roll gauze. Um, and then you can avoid putting tape on your skin altogether. And sometimes that can be a good choice. And then what about, I didn't hear you mention something like bacitracin and antibiotic ointment. So, uh, you know, I, I think those are reasonable things to try. Most wounds probably aren't infected and probably don't need it, but they do keep the surface of the wound moist. And I so I think it's reasonable. I will tell you that one caution with antibiotic ointments are that there are some people that can be allergic to some of the components of some of the antibiotic ointments out there. And also in this day and age, we, we have some bacterias that are resistant to some of the antibiotic ointments. I recommend my patients, there are, 
to use silver gel now instead of the, the traditional over-the-counter antibiotic ointments. Uh, silver gels are uh, effective against even MRSA. If you've heard of MRSA, that's methicillin-resistant staph, which is one of the common bacteria people get. And there's very low rates of allergy to silver products. And most people would know it, right? If they, they would know if they, if were, they were allergic, allergic to silver. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I tend to go with those things, but whatever you have on hand, if you want to use that is fine, but just be aware if it causes some redness or some itching, you may need to stop using it. And one thing people don't know is you can actually develop an allergy to a topical product that you didn't used to be allergic to. So maybe you could use Neosporin in the past, but that doesn't mean that there's no possibility that you could develop an allergic reaction to Neosporin. All right, now hold that thought. We're going to come back to you. If you're listening to us, you're listening to WellMed Radio. I'm Ron Aaron, along with our co-host, Dr. Marisa Charles. And in Corpus Christi, Texas, we're talking with Dr. Allison Larkin. She's at the WellMed Specialist for Health Shoreline Clinic down there in Corpus Christi, board certified in, among other things, family medicine and wound specialist. You're listening to WellMed Radio. Nervous about going to see the doctor? At WellMed, many patients can see a doctor from the comfort of home with My Health Light Now. Enjoy a secure private medical appointment using a computer, smartphone, or tablet. You can even get same-day appointments. Go to www.myhealthlightnow.com to register or download the My Health Light Now app. Interested in becoming a WellMed patient? Visit discoverwellmed.com. We're so pleased you were with us on WellMed Radio. I'm Ron Aaron, along with our co-host, Dr. Marisa Charles, and we're talking with an enthusiastic wound specialist doctor, and we're delighted to have her on board, Dr. Allison Larkin. She is at the WellMed Specialist for Health Shoreline Clinic in Corpus Christi, Texas. And Dr. Larkin, Dr. Charles, and I just love listening to you because you have such enthusiasm for this topic, wound care. Now, we've talked about some of the initial things a patient might do if they cut themselves or they end up uh, with some kind of wound. What are the things we shouldn't do as patients? Right. So I think that one thing sometimes patients will do is they're so worried about getting an infection in their wound that they can over cleanse them. And I'm thinking particularly about those patients that will be rinsing their wounds once or twice a day with alcohol or peroxide. Um, or sometimes people will even use bleach and we don't want to do that because Ooh. yeah, because it can, th these things are all very hard on the skin. They can, they can burn the skin or they also can kill your healing cells. So maybe they do kill the bacteria, but they're also killing the cells that are trying to heal the wound. And so, uh, I don't know, somebody a long time time ago told me, I wish I could remember who, if you wouldn't put it in your eye, don't put it in your wound. So well, I think I like that's that. good advice to us, right? Mm -hmm. And so I'm not going to argue with what people do right after they get a, a, a cut or a wound when they're trying to clean it and make it clean. But after that initial wound care, in order to get a wound to heal, you really want to treat it very gently because the way we heal is that we have little tiny 
uh, sort of cells, epithelial cells is what we call them, and they migrate over the surface of the wound from the wound margins. And in order for that to happen, we want that wound bed to be moist, and we also need to uh, be kind to the wound environment, and we don't want to be using things like alcohol and peroxide. That's also the reason why wounds that are covered heal more quickly than wounds that are left open to air, right? And that might be a little different than what we learned when wow, we were young. Grandma used to say, leave it open, it'll heal in the air. Now, are you telling me my grandma Tamarkin was wrong? I don't, I hate to tell you this, but I think that she was. I think that she was. Because we, what we want is we're like Goldilocks. We want a wound bed that's not too wet and not too dry. That's really what we're going for, because we know that those healing cells that have to repair the, the cut, they migrate into the wound on these little tiny sort of fibers, and they're able to sort of sort of ice skate in much more easily on a wound that's just a little bit moist versus a wound that's stone dry. And also, if you've got a big scab over the surface of the wound, sometimes they can't even get past that scab, they get just stuck there. So I will tell you that I recommend keeping your wound uh, covered at all times. The other benefit is it protects it from further trauma, right? Like, you know, um, and also uh, lower risk of subsequent infection when you keep a wound healed, so a, a wound covered. So we want to keep those wounds covered. And we also don't want to be using alcohol peroxide or other harsh things on that wound for the long term, because sometimes you can actually keep yourself from healing, even though you're trying to do the right thing. The Talk other to me a little thing bit about scabs, because you're looking, we see each other via zoom, you all listen to us on the radio. But you're looking at a guy, Dr. Larkin, who just can't resist picking off a scab. I want it to heal faster. Get that scab off and I'm done with it. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and a lot of times that's the case, but the problem is if, if you remove the scab, um, on your own at home, sometimes you can rip open that bottom layer that's trying to heal. So I, I don't recommend people removing their own scabs, right? And also, because what are you going to use to do it? Are you going to use your, your fingers, which might not be entirely clean or, Guilty. you know, or, or the, or the, or the forceps, the pickups that have been sitting in your drawer for eight, you know, eight years and you pull them out. So I'm going to recommend that the best thing to do is to avoid the scab forming by keeping the wound covered. Okay. Um, but once you have a, a, a scab, I think it will separate again on its own if you'll just keep it covered. Now, you just said something that uh, I never realized. I always thought it was great to get a scab because it means it's healing. What I heard you say is you want to prevent a scab from forming when you keep it covered. I think, I think yes. I think it, you will heal more quickly and without that big itchy scab if you keep your wound covered. Wow. I'm beating that's... that dead horse, aren't I? But but I think it's no. important. No, you're not. I it love is it. very important because that's a, a thing that we see all the time. Patients coming in, well, you know, this, why is this wound open? Well, I want it to dry. I want it to to form a scab. And so I don't know how many times I've had patients come in with wounds on a foot, for example, and I remove the sock, remove the shoe, and it's just exposed and open. So Right. And then that's a good way for also bacteria to get in, right? Because our, <laughs> our shoes see a lot of action during the course oh. of the day. They're not, they're not going to be as clean as what we want them. 
I don't want to also forget to remind people, though, that they also need to get tetanus shots, particularly if they have a deep wound or if it was a dirty wound. Um, and they haven't had a tetanus shot recently, like within the last five years. Um, they need to get into their doctor and get that tetanus shot as well. We don't see a hey, lot Dr. of tetanus Markin. anymore, but it's a serious illness and you, you wouldn't want to be the one. So that's the question that very few patients know the answer to. So when was your last tetanus shot? Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. And if you have, and if you, if you don't know, the answer is, you, and you, you've gotten cut with something dirty, it means you probably end up getting another tetanus shot. So keep track so not, of what not it a is. Problem. Because, right. <laughs> but yeah, yeah, no, it, it's not likely to cause any harm if you do need to get it a little bit earlier, or if you get one and then realize, oh, I had had one three years ago or four years ago. It's not likely to cause any harm. You're much in much more danger um, if you don't know when it was and you don't get one. So it's probably better to go ahead and update that tetanus and then try to keep it documented somewhere so that you can remember later. I rely on my PCP to know the answer to that question. Uh, well, we, you know, if we gave it to you at the office, odds are we do have it documented. So Dr. Larkin, you're certified in uh, two areas that just intrigue the heck out of me, undersea in hyperbaric medicine. Do you dunk people into the Gulf and run them around underwater in order to heal them? No, but uh, I, what I will tell you is that um, being by the, the, the ocean, we have a lot of divers and undersea medicine uh, deals in a lot of instances with uh, patients who have been diving and that they have come up from their dive too quickly and they've gotten gas bubbles in their blood, which can cause some really significant problems. Like and death. so like, like death and paralysis and things. Wow. And so that's, that's an area that we use hyperbarics uh, quite frequently. What got you interested in that? You know, life is funny. So uh, when I was in residency, I took a wound care and hyperbaric rotation and I loved it. And they offered me a job and, and I said, no, I'm a family practitioner. I'm going to practice, I'm going to practice family medicine. And then I was in private practice family medicine for many years. And I did a lot of wound care in my own clinic. Um, and suddenly, and somebody called me said, hey, would you be interested? And it just as, as, as luck would have it, it was a good time for me to switch, to switch to another career. And I just, I went for it, but I love it because I do think that we can really help people. But I think that the family doctors are the key to good wound healing. And I'll tell you why else. And family doctors and the patients, right? Because wounds heal much more quickly and effectively in patients who have good health because our bodies ultimately are what heal those wounds, right? Our, our dressings and our ointments and our bandages are helping the patient's own body to heal that wound. And the beauty is, is that most of the time when we're healthy, it happens really quickly, but there are things that are very important. And one of them is controlling your blood sugars, controlling your diabetes. We know that patients who have poorly controlled diabetes are more likely to get wound infections because the high blood sugars can impair your body's ability to fight infection. I always tell people, it's kind of like, you know, when your blood sugar is 300, your, your infection fighting cells are drunk on sugar. Well, it's not that, it's not that <laughs> simple, right? But if you think about it that way, it really matters. It really, really matters what you do as far as controlling your blood sugar. I think things like not smoking can really, really also help you to heal more quickly. We know that when you smoke, 
that the oxygen delivery to your wound is decreased for about two hours afterwards. And we also know that some of the toxins in the cigarettes um, can kill our healing cells. So if you have a wound and you want it to heal more quickly, then you want to control your sugars. And if you're a smoker, you want to cut back, you know, ideally long-term quitting. We also know that circulation can make a big difference with our uh, wound healing because our all our healing cells, they have to get to that wound via our blood circulation, right? That's how they get to that area. And so we know it's really important to control our blood pressure and our cholesterol along with the sugars and along with not smoking, because that will help us to have better circulation, which will then help us to heal more quickly. It's all together. Yeah. yeah, less than a minute. What, what, what's the bottom line you would say to folks about wound care? The bottom line is that when you get a wound, you want to make sure that you clean it adequately. Most of the time, you're going to be able to take care of it at home by keeping it covered and avoiding putting really harsh products on it. It should heal within about a week to 10 days. And if it does not, you should seek help from your provider. If you can't stop the bleeding or if it's deep or jagged and you're unsure, you should see your provider. Perfect. If you've not had a tetanus shot, you should see your provider. Thank, Thank you, you guys so much for allowing me to participate in this today. Hey, you are it. a great guest. We loved it, Dr. Larkin. I want to thank you on behalf of my co-host here, Dr. Marisa Charles. Thank you all for joining us today on WellMed Radio. Executive producers for WellMed Radio are Dan Calderon and Leah Madrano. Our producer is Isaac Wilker. And associate producers are Natalie Ibera and Maurice Hudson. I'm Ron Aaron. We'll see you next week on WellMed Radio. Thank you for listening to WellMed Radio, a service of WellMed Medical Management. We welcome your emails with suggestions and comments on this program at radio at wellmed.net. And please be sure to tune in next week for another edition of WellMed Radio.